0: Uh, good evening, I'm Darren Sunstrom. Good
1: evening, what if they're listening to this in the morning?
0: <laughs> oh, it's, it's the power of the internet, we just do both, you can say good morning and I'll say good evening, and okay. uh, you uh, get to this whenever you get to it, and um, you know. Well,
1: okay, so folks, welcome to our new podcast. Yes, that's and it. Um, it doesn't have a name yet. It's uh, in its birth pangs still. It,
0: it'll have a name soon.
1: It will have a name soon, yes. and we will re-record
0: this. Perhaps we'll we put name. it out on, on Twitter. And I, I'm 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 Darren Sundstrom, and my Twitter handle is at Darren Sundstrom.
1: And I'm Allison Innes, and my Twitter handle is at Innes Allison. And that's Allison with one L. Make sure you get that right. Oh, yeah.
0: I I, I screwed that up. That other girl gets lots of my messages.
1: (laughs) So um, we have... uh, spent quite a long time, and significant portion of our lives, thinking, writing, um, being academics about uh, mythology, and as academics we like to talk, and our students get tired of us talking at them, so we figured we would talk at you, and uh, see if there's any of you out there interested in we what we to have to say. want to yeah, expand yeah. our audience. Yeah, expand our audience and uh, talk, right? That's right. what we like to do. So. Um, what are we going to be talking about today, Darren?
0: Uh, well, we're going to be talking about um, a female hero by the name of Medea, in case you haven't heard about her before. Oh, she's my favorite, yeah. You know, she appears in Euripides' uh, play. Um, um, and what's that play called? It's actually called the Medea, surprisingly. Okay, I'll um, try so to remember that. probably a pretty good clue to uh, signal to its audience just really what it's about. But... Uh, you know, like I know, that they weren't actually titles. So, you know, that's more of a modern convention, something that we get in translation, because we do have to put words on the outside of the books that signal to the people that buy the books or want to read them what's inside them, right? So we kind of need that, right? Instead yeah. of just saying, play, <laughs> Athenian, 5th century, right?
1: Okay, so you just said Athenian 5th century BC. So can you give us a little bit of historical context of well, what this, you're what asking this play me, is?
0: You're, you're asking a lot of me tonight. Ah, uh, we're just seeing if you're on your toes. Yeah, well, you know. It, <clears throat> you know a little bit about it. A little bit, a little bit about it, yeah. Um, the historical context is uh, during the Peloponnesian War. Uh, just before the Peloponnesian War, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I think it's 409 BC, but I, I probably just made that up. But um, And we're good at making things yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to we have to make up a few things on occasion. Otherwise, you know, we would know, have nothing to speak about. But uh, so, again, it's a Euripides play. If I'm not mistaken, it's his first play. He doesn't have many that survive. Uh, and it's a story about uh, Jason and, of course, Medea and uh, where they find themselves as exiles in the city of Corinth. And I think that everybody to some degree, wouldn't you say, knows a little bit about Medea as a mythological character?
1: Yeah, I think if people know anything about her, it's usually that she killed her kids. Right. Um, and that, of course, was a new twist to the myth that, that Euripides uh, put in there. Yeah. Now, just um, a little bit more about about Athenian plays there. Now, they were usually f- uh, performed as part of a series, right? Like, yeah. There's as a... part of a three. Do, do we know what other ones Medea was performed with, or is that lost in the in the midst of time? Well
0: well okay so there's a tetrilogy. usually they appear in threes along with the satyr plays so you're in for three plays and then a satyr play at the end so which three sort tragedies of little, yeah three tragedies and then a little sort of uh more comic relief kind of uh, material at the end that though still has a theme um what are the other ones in that segment i don't believe we really know what they are right considering the sort of spartan oh there's a word that's you know (laughs) evidence that we have around these these particular things i don't think we really know so we have to study it in isolation okay um it is going to exist on its own but that's something that we kind of get used to as classicists because we don't often get a chance to read them all as one big giant package and we have to see them as you know thirds in that case right and then each one is sort of analyzed in uh, in its own context, in its own juice, so to say, right? It's kind of like Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, right? You don't just get to sit down and watch six hours worth of movies and comment on the scope of the entire thing. You really only get one, and then the second one. I think there might be people
1: way. out there who do sit down and watch all six hours of Well, life. yeah, maybe so they do, but, like... you know, back in the day you couldn't <laughs> because they probably... hadn't filmed it yet.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Right? So, you know, you go and you watch one, and then... You know, and then if if you're lucky, a few months later, another one, or maybe a year later, another one, right? So... Often that's the sometimes the things that we find when we read these plays. But anyways, that's a, a minor minor province.
1: Okay. Yeah. So uh, so we're dealing with Medea as I mentioned. She's she's one of my favorite uh, characters from mythology, and I mine
0: too. Misunderstood and much maligned. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very much, very much, yeah. much maligned. Um, is that a saying? Much, much, much. Much triple much. Much much. <laughs> much, much, much. Um, yeah. She gets yeah. a bad rap because of this twist that Euripides has given her. So some people write her off as a witch, and even in ancient times there were uh, so in Roman times the Seneca's portrayal of her is much more about that witchy Medea yeah um, but yeah she gets written off uh, as as some kind of monster that kills her children but when we have a closer look at the play we realize she's very complex and she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. and um, it's not easy for her to do some of the things that she does such as killing her children but she's got a purpose and yeah. she's got
0: a goal um, so a popular figure though right because Although we are looking at just her in Euripides' play, she's a figure and myth that makes many appearances in many other sources.
1: Yes, definitely. It's
0: not just like a one-off where you, you know, it's just like, oh, this one particular character is interesting, let's talk about it for a little bit. And then her her sort of fate and destiny is denied or left behind. This is something that successive, and I'm going to say poets, and I'm going to say authors, uh, use her as a, um, a form right, to yes. address certain, you know, things that they want to get at.
1: Yes. Yeah. So we know that she uh, shows up, obviously, in Apollonius' um, Argonautica. Yeah, great. In the great. Hellenistic, and yeah. we will, we'll get great to that book. some episode. Yeah. Fantastic. And I can say um, book
0: comfortably for the first time.
1: Yes, and Seneca's Medea, mm-hmm. of course. Um, she also shows up in Ovid's Heroides yes and she I, I and in the metamorphosis yes and the metamorphosis and, and of there's Euripides. So, yes yes oh I was just taking that for oh, granted that okay. we already knew that one right. um, and then there's mentions of her here and there um, I remember when we were translating Propertius that um, yes. there's some mentions of her in there as well so yeah so she's definitely a figure that so gets she, it, trotted out time and again in, throughout the ancient
0: world yeah a sort of a transcultural figure, a transmythological figure, one that is both used by both Greeks and Romans, right? Yeah. So we primarily deal with Greek primary sources. Yes. So you know, often we don't really get a chance to get to those those Roman authors, which is a which is a terrible shame. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know. I just when you when you consider that um, she is a f- is a figure that has much to say to many different people and many different cultures and many different times.
1: Yeah. So with that kind of uh, set up here, we'll th- we'll talk a little bit more about the play um, specifically. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, you should rush out and buy a copy and read it. Um, it's a Greek play. They, they don't take too long to read. Um, this one's
0: only 1,500 lines.
1: Yeah, so it's not, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so our general gist of the play would be that uh, Medea, this is all after the, the Argonautica and everything. Uh, Medea has... Uh, married Jason they live in Corinth they've got a couple of children and uh, Jason has decided that he should marry the Corinthian princess and in his own way he thinks that this that Medea will see the logical reasons and how this is going to be such a benefit to Medea and the children And she of course can see that it's not going to be and uh, that's where our play opens where we've got this uh, this event happening and then over the course of the play, Medea works out her plan, both for her escape and in a bizarre sort of sense, I suppose, a rescuing of the children or a protection of the children through through killing them and um, revenge on Jason as well. So it's all
0: masterfully rolled up into kind of one, one yeah, big ball. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, like, you know, we say all that stuff because we have the sort of foresight of the end of it. But, you know, at the beginning, the audience that were watching it didn't really know what they were in for. And if Euripides was anything, he was someone who could keep you guessing. So when you, you know, you have got to a tragic, dramatic performance in Athens and you watched a little bit of Euripides' play, and right away you might feel comfortable that you're in for something because you know who these characters are in a way, but uh, don't um, expect too much because uh, you're going to be um, uh, thrilled and and shocked. And this this, this play is filled with sort of a, a proleptic kind of anticipation. It's in the basis of a anticipatory nuptial that there's a wedding coming, like Allison was talking about. And, we, you know, you just sort of think, hey, everything's going to be fine. Jason's going to get hitched up to this new lady. And Medea uh, is going to uh, either uh, like it or lump it, you know, to be crude. And then um, we're going to see what happens because we want to see what happens with Jason because everybody knows Jason is the most popular hero at the time, right? So if you're going to see this play, you're really... You're you know you're waiting for the cue and, and the cue is oh look it's it's about Jason right but then Medea is the first person to talk in the prologue yeah right? so you're yeah. in for something yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, one of the things that I that I like about study, studying Medea in general and particularly in in Euripides uh, is is the whole gender play at yeah. um, the way that he presents and. Uh, Presents the aspects of of gender yeah. um, in Athenian society and some of the the challenges to it. And the audience going to see this play for the first time would have no idea that Euripides was going to have Medea kill off the children. Like, that no. was brand new to him. And so that...
0: Or even the that she have the majority have been, of the speaking world
1: Yeah, and so yeah. that would be quite shocking and quite unusual. And if I recall correctly, I think the general reception of the play was a little less than...
0: Oh, they, little, it freaked people people,
1: out. people were not thrilled that... Yeah, uh, no,
0: it freaked them out. I could get crude and use some, you know, some crude language to describe the effect on the audience, but... They just lost their blank, you know. Yeah. They didn't know what to think. Yeah. You know, um there's there's um there are uh sort of stories about the reception on the audience. And this goes into the argument argument about whether or not women attended the uh, tragic dramatic performances and so on. But even if these are apocryphal, they're old enough to to tell you that something is, uh, something's going on that you saw yeah. expected. Yeah, the audience
1: bo- really wasn't comfortable with well, the idea of this, of this female the character. The men, can you imagine? Yeah.
0: Right? And then, not only that, if the women were there, and this apocryphal story, which I think comes from a Roman source, that said that the pregnant women in attendance, did you hear this? Yes, That they spontaneously yeah. aborted their babies? Yeah, because right. they yeah. were so horrified, yeah, so they're shocked by like, it. With... <laughs> yeah. right. So, yeah. you know, if, if even if, 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 I don't believe that's true, but... It's it comes from an ancient source, a fairly ancient source, closer to it in time than we are. So, it still tells you about the power and the impact of it, right?
1: For sure, yeah. and or or that people thought that this was a, like, like that, a that people thought that this was a plausible thing to have happened yeah, certainly exactly. says something about yeah about their their perceptions yeah. of of Medea yeah and and she's still held up as that horrifying figure today um, whenever. Oh, you this... see something? Well, no, I should say whenever, but often when you see something in the news yeah. about a mother who's killed who's killed her children, because it happens. Yeah. Um, and this gets into the whole myth of motherhood, which we won't get mm-hmm. into um, today. But um, you know, she gets likened to a modern day Medea or something like that. Right? They even call it still, Medea
0: complex. Yeah. So yeah. there's
1: still that that um, that discomfort with women who are uh, supposed to have this. Uh, nurturing yeah. mothering role not being
0: the complacent nurturing mother figures yeah and and, and the and the and the impact of of this action in the play is something that resonates even today and that and that's exactly what you're what you're what you're speaking about and, and if it did not then we would not be speaking about it it's just it's 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 as uh, common as uh, uh, as far as a mythological resonance is concerned, with uh, people that know about Oedipus, for example, but because they know about the psychological, he or the slept Freudian, with his mother. Yeah, right. The Freudian Oedipal complex, right, or the Medea complex. These are all things that come out of psychoanalytics or psychology or, or, or Freudian terminology, and they still exist today. And they're and for right or wrong, uh, they they have. Um, well, you know, they persist, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, you know, that's something that we deal with. And you can't escape that. You know, when you talk to people about Medea, it's one of the few things that, that they know, or if, if they've ever read it. And, and even if they don't, this is what they know. And it's the, it's the largest hurdle to understanding, and it's the largest hurdle to to getting at, getting close to what this character is about. And in, in our study of heroics, and our study specifically of the ancient hero, and and it's tie and his and her tie to more traditional or popular notions of a hero just to see see the evolution of this concept uh, this this is a challenge because of, of this concept of, of the moral center, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so,
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard uh, for people to even think of Medea as a hero because there is that revulsion, and people just get hung up on the killing of the children yeah. um, and miss a lot of the complexities of her character. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we get into the play a little bit at this sure. point? Um, so, yeah, that sounds like a plan.
0: So in this passage, Euripides, uh, very early on in the play, Medea comes out uh, to her house and encounters Jason for the first time, and the two of them have a little bit of a dialogue, a little bit of a debate about their um, roles in each other's lives and their fate and their destiny. And so we're going to hear the reading, and then we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about some of the things that um, appear in the reading. Euripides, Medea,
1: lines 476 to 492. I rescued you, as the Greeks know who were your shipmates long ago aboard the Argo, when you were sent to master the monstrous bulls with yokes and sow the furrow with seeds of death. The serpent who never slept, his twisted coils protecting the golden fleece, I was the one who killed it and held out to you a beacon of safety. I betrayed both my father and my house and went with you to Peleus' land, Iolcus, showing in that more eagerness than sense. I murdered Peleus by the most painful of deaths, at the hands of his own daughters, and I destroyed his whole house. And in return for this, you foulest of men, you betrayed us and took a new wife, even though you have children. But now the trust of oaths is gone. All right, so probably the easiest way then to tackle this is just to go through the the passage uh, line by line. 476
0: to 490,
1: right? Yep, yep. So... um, she says, well, begin at the beginning, I rescued you. So here she's talking about her experience with Jason and his help in the Argo. So do you want to set this up for us a little bit?
0: Well, it, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a good place to start, actually, because, we, you know, we, we have read a number of Euripides' plays, right? And, you know, whether by, you know, Blind Luck or... Uh, divine providence we we have read also um, Euripides Heracles right mm-hmm. and the prologue and, and we're in the prologue country here uh, in 480 uh line 475 or so the beginning of the play but in Euripides Heracles that beginning scene do you remember it was it was Megera right and Amphitryon and the children mm-hmm. of Heracles clinging to the altar of Zeus Soter right the rescuer So um, uh, uh, waiting, you know, for the hero to come, right? Uh, Waiting for Heracles to return or waiting for Zeus to manifest himself or whatever, right? We don't know. And and, uh, so when you see that soter, you see rescue, right? So Euripides is using that same language again where it says, I rescued you as the Greeks... As the Greeks know, who were your shipmates long ago aboard the Argo? So there's this idea of rescuing, the idea of a savior, right? And Medea is presenting herself as the rescuer of Jason. But you you could very easily say, too, that she's also in some way asking to be rescued. Oh really okay so what what is she wanting to be rescued from then? Well, this predicament that she finds herself in right she said she's she's having a terrible go of things at the beginning of the play, right? you really do have to feel
1: sorry for her <laughs> yeah, I mean I here like, she is she's, she's not lovesick, a Greek you know she's she's not a greek she's she's yeah. a foreigner she's been plunked down in Corinth, and now the greek her Greek husband yeah, is divorcing her or or effectively leaving her yeah. to marry a princess to marry up yeah and doesn't really seem to be thinking about the consequences for her and the children. He's, we really get a sense in this oh, play yeah, that Jason's he, really just out for himself. Yeah. And we can't fault Medea for being out for herself either then.
0: No, no, she, not at all. Just, yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a very sort of Brady Bunch naive uh, perception of how things are, are going to occur and, you know, human lives are more more complicated than that. And and I think Euripides uh, is a, a master at understanding that. Not only is he a master at characterization and writing really excellent, compelling plays with, you know, uh, great little plot twists. And he utilizes his marginal characters, right? So there's so we could expect that Medea might be a major character in the play. And as soon as it opens, we know with the prologue, she delivers the primary dialogue. The nurse does, but... The nurse really tells us about what the terrible terrible state that Medea finds herself in right she's conflicted yeah. and she's crying and she's not eating and she's she's glowering at the children with like thunder caps in her eyes and all this type of language right It sets up this sort of sense of dread and foreboding and menace right and so so i I just when that when you see that very first line when when now that she's confronting Jason about what they've done, it immediately pulls us back into the past right it pulls us back into what the
1: the, the Adventures, adventures back of when, the Golden Fleece. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you of our audience who aren't uh, as familiar with that myth, she references monstrous bulls and a serpent who never sleeps. Um, can you give us a little bit of specifics yeah. about kind of what's, what's the gist of the story there?
0: Well, you know, just generally speaking, we all expect our heroes to, you know, uh, Overcome dragons and and kill monsters and you know take us on fantastical journeys and those those sections there reference episodes in Apollonius Rhodius' Argonautica but uh, you know this is this, that play occurs much much later during the Hellenistic and, and this is this is during the time of the Peloponnesian War but the. The, it's standard the, parts of the myth. It is. That's re- the that it's standard myth, yeah. right? That it's like it's not written in any one book anywhere, but it's the idea of the Argonaut, uh, of the Argo, and the Argonautica, and right? the
1: audience they would know to that the, or watching this play would know that yeah. she was involved in so yeah. so the general gist in, of I'm it sure. is yeah. that when jason was sent to get the golden fleece he had to overcome a variety of challenges yes. including including monsters and yeah. at the very end the golden fleece is hanging in a tree which is guarded by this serpent and medea uses her skills mm-hmm. to either kill or put the serpent to sleep depending what version you're reading yeah um so that jason can get the golden fleece so she's really reminding him here that you you did all this heroic stuff but it was really me like you would not have been able to have done any of it without me
0: yes yes
1: now now she says that she betrays both her father and her house um so how does she again for those who aren't familiar with with the story how does she betray her family
0: well she's a woman alone right she she throw She decides to support Jason. She decides to support Jason as the leader of the Argonauts. And in making that choice, right? And you can debate whether or not she was, you know, influenced by Aphrodite or not. And and you can read Apollonius's play, uh, his novel, uh, and, um, uh, you know, talk about that. But she made a choice to join Jason. And as a result of that, she has turned her back on her father, right, Aetes because he on, didn't like jason no, so he, was it... no he's he he uh he didn't like them is, these guys they show up out of nowhere and they say hey we, we're greeks and we want this thing and and he was plotting to kill them all these challenges right are all basically attempts on jason's life that he was expected to fail and die horribly but uh um, but due to the support of medea they succeeded right and you can see um, you know the all the episodes that would become familiar from the standard myth uh, of the serpent that never sleeps and the monstrous bulls um, and this one doesn 't mention the sown men right yeah, it oh, does. with oh yeah it does yeah, yeah with yokes of the the furrow with seeds, seeds of, of death, death. right, yeah. yeah, so you know you put the serpent 's teeth in and the armed men rise up yeah. um,
1: and Medea um, gave Jason the. Kind of the the trick to defeating these armed yeah. men that that sprang from from the
0: ground. She's the agent of his success, and you can you can look at the details of that, right? How yeah. that works out. So, and then um, she
1: murdered Peleus by the most painful of deaths, and this is again is one of the one of the tripping points that I find people have with Medea. Back to this idea of a hero that murders, in in general, but specifically um, a female hero who is murdering, and um, here. This is after um, she's returned to Jason's house with him. Um, so Medea is up is from Colchis, way up in the Black Sea. Kind of on for as far as the Greeks are concerned, she's from the fringes of of civilization. She's yeah. kind of in some kind of magical hinterland sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so she returns to Iolcus <clears throat> with 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 Jason and and the fleece. Um, And she uh, convinces, uh, by using her her magical skills, she convinces uh, Jason's sisters that if they chop up their father and put him in a pot, um, she can rejuvenate him. Um, And so they do that, but she doesn't, um, well, it doesn't work. For (laughs) for one reason or another, it doesn't work this time. Yeah, the daughters of
0: Peleus are duped into killing their own father.
1: Exactly. Yeah. um, now, I think, if I recall correctly, the gist behind that, too, is that Medea is looking out for Jason getting the getting the crown, right? Because oh, Peleus yeah. wouldn't give it up to Jason,
0: even no. though he had come back with the Golden Fleece. Yes, absolutely. So, he, he he returned from the impossible task. And then as a result of his success, no, no small <laughs> degree to Medea's involvement, Peleus is forced to... Uh, you know, he's presented with this question, what do I do now? Right? Like I sent the guy out there to fail and die. And he didn't and, die. And he didn't <laughs> die. And he comes back successful. So now I got this guy who I promised the kingdom to, if he if he brought this thing to me, the family heirloom, the golden fleece, right? That I would give him the throne and, and, and he doesn't. Right. So yeah. Jason basically turns to Medea and says, "Well, honey, what do we do now?" <laughs> and right?
1: so Medea, um, very helpfully, offs him yeah. through through her her magic um, slash trickery. And yeah. I'll just mention here that her honey. association with with magic, in yeah. mythological terms, she's. A granddaughter of Helios, the sun.
0: Yeah,
1: um, she's related to Circe, who you may you may be familiar with from from the Odyssey. Yeah, um, so she's she's got this kind of divine connection, and she's got these um, these powers that your average run of the mill um, woman might oh, yeah, not have. Yeah, she
0: yeah, she's just not you know some gal from Thorold. She she's she's <laughs> you know she's a little bit different, right? Yeah, and she's and you know what the funny thing was too, I had read somewhere that someone had said that. Medea was the first witch of classical mythology, and that Circe was the second witch of classical mythology. I might have inverted those, but I kind of look like it the, that way because uh, it's, it tells you of her sort of preeminence in in thought mm. of being associated with witchcraft and you know black magic and all that stuff, even over Circe. Although Circe is the aunt, right, and 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 a, the sister of Aeetes, and probably uh, more powerful right uh just because of the bloodline connection but medea is still so popular right that she's, she's really rooted in. yeah the, she really takes memories. over you know she yeah. sort of takes over that yeah. that idea so we we, we we could definitely see that but she does assist jason in this particular episode and jason you know and, and the part i find tragic about that is that jason um asks for help but he doesn't qualify what that help is so Medea, knowing what she is and, and the way that she thinks, she goes ahead and concocts this plan. He's got to know that that's what the plan was. That I don't what... believe so. No, no, I don't. No, I don't, because it has terrible repercussions. That forces them out of the, his his homeland, right? Um, yeah,
1: because because on account of this murder, Jason doesn't. It doesn't work. Jason doesn't get the throne. They're forced out, and yeah. um, and that's when they come to Corinth. Yeah, that's where, where we find ourselves ignorant, in the play. Um, in the play. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I think is important to emphasize here is that Medea has nowhere to go. And I think she's reminding us of this. She cannot go to her... Uh, her father-in-law's house because she's burned out the welcome mat there. Yeah, um, and she cannot go back to her father's house. And one of the things to bear in mind in terms of gender uh, in the ancient world is that a woman, um, a woman needed to have a man, either her father or her husband, um, to yeah, take she her proper role goddess. in society. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think in this, um, I think she's reminding us of what she did for Jason. And so her, uh, her heroic acts, but I think she's also reminding us that she's done all, she has sacrificed everything. She has nowhere to go. She's burned every bridge. Yeah. And Jason is that last bridge and he's, I don't know, he's off hooking up with the princess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. so that's what she says. Uh, she says, and in return for this, you foulest of men, you betrayed us and took a new wife, even though you have children, Were you childless one might forgive your passion. Um
0: but mm-hmm. but now but the not, trust of oaths yeah. is gone, and that 's a cool that 's a cool section because the you know in one it demonstrates to the audience that Medea understands what the power of the oath is, which is important to sig- as important signifier for heroics because women are primarily you know associated with having knowledge of what the oath is, right um, and here she evokes it she um, uh, you know not only does she call upon it but she trusts in it in its in its um, in its power
1: and I, and i think uh it's important to remember too that um today like we don't take the idea of oaths very seriously like it's just yeah. kinda like whatever um but in the ancient world where you're dealing with a predominantly oral culture where there's not like written contracts and that kind of thing that the oath is a very powerful um Divinely sanctioned yeah. activity, and so to break an oath is really to go deal. against the gods, and it's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and it's not just any of the gods; it's Zeus, who's like the most important of the of the gods, who Absolutely. is in charge of of oaths and, and oath making.
0: Yeah, in in the in the um, in the sort of the trinity or the divine wheel of uh, ancient justice, there are really only three parts. You have the martyr, which is the witness, then you have the oath, and then you have the ordeal or the trial. And, and, and those are all things that the heroes are associated with, and they all have knowledge of, and then call upon for uh, the you know either their defense uh, or um, uh, yeah or or the persecution of others. But um, Medea definitely understands the oath, right? Yeah, there's no there's no there's no problem there. And even at that later section, when you open with the idea of soter or um, rescuer at the beginning. And then later on in 485, where she says, and in return for this, right, like this is also a very sort of heroic kind of idea like that. It goes, you know, in the Roman phrase, do a days, right? You do for me so that I may do for you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You get the sort of notion of reciprocity in there. Again, you could say it's a husband-wife thing and it's something that normal people would do, but you can't take those type of, um, you can't go with those sort of things, uh, you know, as readily as you can today. And I just think it sort of demonstrates the idea that Medea's like, I've done all this for you and I rescued you then. And now, you know, um, you know, you do this to me. Right. And in return for all this, right. You not only betray me, but you will not rescue me. Right. You do not consider yeah. me. You won't consider me. Right? Yeah. And to, so to get her out of where she's in, right.
1: The situation <laughs> that she's in, as, as we've mentioned, is that she has nowhere to go. Um, the children technically belong to Jason under under Greek law. Uh, Greek law, I believe, right? Yeah. So she doesn't even get to keep the children, um, her own children, but she's she also just looking forward in the play. She does come to recognize that um, if she leaves Corinth, which she's going to have to do because uh, the uh, king. Creon. Creon, thank you. <laughs> Creon um, makes that clear to her that she has one day to clear out. And uh, so she's going. she has to leave Corinth. She poses a potential threat. Everybody's yeah. kind of scared of her. But if she leaves Corinth, the, her children her children have no friends um, because they will be seen as competition to any children that Jason has with his new wife for the throne. Right. And in earlier versions of the myth, it was actually the Corinthians that killed the children um, rather than Medea. So uh, what Euripides does is as part of Medea's anger and desire for revenge, um, on jason is he has her kill the children but it's also um a sort of mercy killing because she knows that they are not safe and they cannot come with her yeah and she cannot leave them
0: yeah it's it's a sticky point like there's a lot there's a lot going on there about things that we don't really know but uh you know we do know what is dealt with in the play and then she is responsible for their deaths jason of course regrets it uh but medea says that this must be done Right? She vacillates a little bit as she kind of contemplates what she has to do, uh, but then she does steel herself to the act. And it's and it's the ultimate sort of weapon to use against a father in this time. Right? Yeah,
1: and some people want to see Medea as mad or insane, but she really isn't. It's very calculated. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't even say it's coldly calculating because she does show a lot of emotion in the play. You really do get a sense that this is not something that... She
0: it's done is, robotically. No, yeah, and it's right. not
1: done easily. Right. Um, but she wants to utterly destroy Jason, yeah. and the best revenge um, on him is not to kill him because then it's just over. Yeah. But
0: she—you always damage al- almost, the family, like yeah, the gods al- do.
1: And it's almost systematic that yeah. she goes about and she wipes out. So she uh, uses her magic and the children yeah. um, to kill the princess and. Um, unplanned, but probably a bonus, um, for her, from her perspective, she also kills the King in that. Yeah. And then she kills the children. And Good so time. Jason has, so he's left there in Corinth, and then she takes off and Jason's left there in Corinth with absolutely nothing and no one. Yeah. And, and as we've said it already, it's, he doesn't even have a family back home that he can go to because he's killed. His, uh, she's you know, the Pelias has been killed and the yeah, family's been estranged. A, that's his evil
0: uncle. And yeah. He's so not going back there.
1: Yeah. So, um, he has to live the rest of his days, um, with <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. And we know from mythology, not from Euripides play, but from, uh, well, from Medea mythology. Does.
0: we do know from Medea. Oh, again? Medea, because right at the very end, Medea has a sort of divine-like capacity to prophesy Jason's death. Right? Oh, that's right, yes. So we're, we're looking at her sort of rising through the play and becoming more of a divine figure. And right at the very end, you know, she's on her supernatural chariot driven by these serpent-like Snakes. dragons, right? Yeah. And, and, and she's sort of yelling down at Jason, you know, and sh- she's taking away the bodies and denying him the privilege of even burying his own children and... And she prophesies to him that he'll meet his death as a, as an old man, you know, sitting underneath the prow of the Argo on a beach as it rots away, talking about his, you know, great adventures in the good old days when he was young, right? And and that the prow will fall on his head, right? Yeah, and I you, found it here. You got it I, in yeah. there. Can...
1: So um, line thirteen eighty six. Um, actually, I'm going to back up and just kind of read. It's it's a short little speech. I'll just read the whole thing here. Okay. Um, then who's speaking no and Medea is speaking okay. to Jason and this is right at the very end of the play yeah. no indeed my hand will bury them Jason's not going to get to touch the kids and yeah, the bringing them to Hera's shrine on the cliff so none of my enemies will insult them by pulling down their tombs in this country of Sisyphus we shall assign a sacred feast and rituals as a memorial of this impious murder forever after so the children are going to receive honors in death um yeah I myself am going to Erechtheus' country which is Athens So she says says that, Athens. To live with Aegeus, son of Pandion. Since you are based, your death will be fittingly me. You'll be struck on the head by a piece of your ship Argo, a better termination to your marriage with me. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Jason, far from having a heroic, a big heroic blast of glory in his life, he just yeah. kind of withers away and
0: yeah. he's, he's not with a bang, but with a whimper.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been effectively this Homer guy living in this homeless guy living in this hollowed out wreck of his ship. Yeah. Sitting
0: on the beach and know? it collapses on top of him.
1: Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't get the chaos and the glory that somebody like Heracles does. Right. Her- no. Heracles literally goes out into plays of glory.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jason just sort of fades away. You know, is it better to burn out or is it better to fade away? You know, Medea, and then Medea, and this is another thing too, you know, then Medea gets away.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Like, everyone's like, well, where is the justice? Where is the justice? Where is, you know, the convenient denouement, the tying up, right, that should come at the very end of all my little happy little stories that um, I have come to understand? But Euripides is not going to play your game because he's, you know, not that type of guy, and it's a tragedy, right? Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very different one, and it's supposed to leave you with, well, I don't know, what does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? What, do you, what does it leave you with?
1: Um, I'm kind of happy for Medea, to be perfectly honest. You <laughs> would be. <laughs> I would be, wouldn't I? You would be. Um, no, because because Medea has taken a situation that she has, she cannot act like a hero like Heracles. And she recognizes this early on. She can't go in with a sword and swing a sword around and kill all her enemies. And so she uses the things that are within her sphere of influence. So those domestic related things, yeah, so I got that. food and poison yeah. and clothing and all of that stuff yeah. and, and and the children. And so she acts out her plan and mm. then she gets away with it at the end. And as kind of as evil as we might see her plan is, I think there's a part of us so it's like, Good for you. Like, you you got away with
0: it. Like Oh, I don't know. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that. It's just that, you know, that really kind of bucks tradition. Like, the standard reception of this is, you know, the, oh, my God. Like, yes. she got away, and then you throw it down, and you say, that can't be the rest of the play. There's got to be another 300 lines around here somewhere <laughs> where the Calvary shows up, right? Or Jason manages to somehow intercept her or whatever. But it, it doesn't happen because... It was never written right it's it's just not meant to i think and you're left with that sort of feeling of the, the fact that you can escape
1: i think medea is one of those um characters on those tv shows that we watch today that we love to hate and oh, yeah. they're they're not above board like i'm thinking of house of cards here because mm-hmm. as you know i'm doing some work on that but um they're they're not above board and you kind of don't want to like them, but then you find yourself rooting for them anyway. Yeah. And so I think that that's where Medea is, is that just that she's so complex and she does these things and the things <clears throat> don't sit well with us, yes. but at the same time we're kind of like a modern audience, right? Like that's how I'm dealing with this here. Um, You know, you kind of got to be like, good for you. You know, you got out under his thumb, you did what you needed to do and you're, you
0: know yeah yeah going
1: on but certainly an ancient audience would be absolutely horrified and so that's why she she becomes such yeah yeah. and and as we were saying at the beginning um you know she is this witch and she is this you know this this really evil figure and Mm -hmm. she still gets trotted out from time to time as an evil
0: figure yeah um I still find a great deal of pathos with Medea, though. Like a great deal of, she's a suffering character, someone that we can sympathize yes, with, yes. and so that sort of offsets uh, that sort of, you know, the fury yeah. that you might feel. Yeah, and that's you know? what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, you you, you see that um, very early on, and 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 I and I think that um, the murder of the children is something that is overemphasized. Definitely. But uh, the you know the. The ideas in the beginning focus passage about rescue and about reciprocity, and about uh, tying it to what had happened in the during the Argonautica, uh, during the quest for the golden fleece, and the palace intrigues uh, at Iolcus with Peleus and the daughters, um, and the fact that she is um, basing her, you know, her, her decision to move forward in a plot against her husband. We don't really know what it is, to be honest, and neither does Medea. When you read the play, she doesn't really know what she wants to do right away until the proper thing presents itself at the proper time
1: yes and speaking of time (laughs) we I think are running out of time for this for this episode oh I had a bunch
0: of things to say about the beacon of safety but I won't oh
1: okay well you know what we will revisit Medea because there are lots of good chunks in this play and I think it's something that people will want to hear more about Um, but we have probably well hopefully we haven't bored anybody but um, we're going to wrap it up for there for today absolutely and we will be back with another chunk of myth um, at some schedule
0: we will eventually determine so I i am darren sundstrom and my twitter uh, handle is at darren sundstrom and i'm alison innes and my twitter handle
1: is at innes allison i-n-n-e-s-a-l-i-s-o-n yeah. um so feel free to tweet at us your thoughts your suggestions maybe you have a hero or a play or poem that you really want us to look at so thanks for joining us today and we will
0: that's, see you next time that's all folks